Headphones Podcast. I said, Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast with Andy Ruther and Joe Prano. Welcome to, welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. Welcome to the Dirty Sports Podcast. I am your host, Andy Ruther. Coming to you live from the Smut Studio in Venice Beach, California, with my co-host, Tug Coker. Welcome back, Andy. Thank you. Thank you very much. I'll tell you what, Joe, let me just get out of the way. Joe was under the knife today. We have not been fully reunited. Not that you're a bad replacement. You are an amazing replacement. I want to lead the show by thanking you. For the last few weeks, you fill in anytime we need you. You're like Batman with podcasting. We put out the bat signal. I was gone. Now Joe had surgery. By the way, successful surgery. Still, he's got a long road ahead. He's not feeling good. Any truth to the fact that he had surgery because he heard Eli Manning retired? Like It's more than just a leg surgery. It's, it's, it was almost take me. Yeah. Take me with him. They wanted to do like a Dr. Kevorkian (laughs) (laughs) at at Cedar sinai Because Prano can't handle Eli retiring. But but all reports are Joe is out of surgery and and everything is good? Yeah. His manager texted me. His manager, Randy, she texted me, said it's good. He's in a lot of pain. He's on uh, some painkillers, which caused some concern for me. I don't want him going the Brett Favre route. Well, he told me how you know. Listen, I, this is a, this is classic great acting by Joe Prano talking about the pain, just so they can triple up his dosage. Ah, I know what he's doing right now. Yeah, it's very smart. Can't wait for him to flood reporters' uh, phones with pictures of his penis later. <laughs> People forget that you know it, it starts with the painkillers. Next thing you know, pictures of your junk. Uh, I am very happy to be back here. I'm joined by an all-star crew tonight. Obviously, I'd love to have Joe here. I'd love to have all of us, all five of us here. I got Nick D'Alessandro. I got Twerks with Wolves, Aaron. Nick, hop on mic here because you have been living in my place for the last two weeks. Two weeks. Speak up a little here. Two weeks in the Smut Studio without Andy. Andy's graceful return today or yesterday. Thank you. We went grocery shopping. We did laundry. You got me eating kale and Brussels sprouts. I'm a changed man. Just like that. Yeah. No float lab yet. No float lab. I'm hoping to get that later in the week, though. But mm-hmm. I but I also want to thank Tug, because Tug took you under his wing, obviously. Uh, well, I, like you said, the, the bat signal is out. He, he It's not just for podcasts. You know, it, it's for parenting. It's for, sh- you know, being the, the tour guide. That's right. Anything to get away from my kids. <laughs> <laughs> said that many times, and that's the truth. But I, you know, I like to think of myself as Troy Aikman. The player, because I can win with Jimmy Johnson. I can win with Barry Switzer. I can't win with Joe Buck, but almost. You can't, yeah. You know, you can't go perfect. Sure. I, I like to think of myself as a versatile player, you know what I mean? Who is like a very versatile player in, in the in the heyday? That's me. That's I'll, you. I'll, I'll jump on with you. We have a friendship. Friendship with Joe. Friendship with Nick. Friendship with all the dirt balls. I'm very happy tonight, I'm, and I'm feeding off of Andy's energy. You guys should have seen the energy that Andy had 
before we went uh, to air. Well, it was like a kid b- about to bust into his own birthday party. I am very happy to be back. We're happy to have you back. I'll tell you what. I'll just be honest with you. I'll, I'll try not to get too emotional. The last few weeks have obviously been uh, been the toughest of my life, and um, you know, my mom's death was very sudden. We were extremely close. But the dirt balls, you guys are amazing, and I got so many kind and thoughtful messages, uh, stuff in the mail, and it meant a lot to me. And I can't thank you guys enough because uh, everything has sucked. Like I'm, I'm just going to be honest. A lot of times people try to sugarcoat this stuff, and I've t- talked to my dad a lot about it, of just saying it sucks. Obviously... I'm remaining positive as far as focusing on all the great memories I had with my mom, but it's not easy, but the Dirtball fam, you guys were amazing. In fact, I I, want to give a few shout-outs to some people who sent some stuff. I got to give a shout-out to, I have all this stuff here. Um, Let's see if I can read your writing. Okay, yeah, Henry De La Tola, he sent me a shirt. He sent me one of his lacrosse shirts and hats from his high school. I have something here that was sent in the mail from Braden, Ice in a Michigan dirt ball. But the thing that really touched me, got me crying. You guys were amazing. I got Jay Lloyd, who does amazing photoshops for us, him and a bunch of dirt balls. They sent a flower wreath to the funeral home for my mom. And it was such a good wreath, which is is funny and touching, but it's or it's touching, but it's also funny. The funeral home loved it so much, they took it to my mom's burial site. And it says, like, from the Dirty Sports family. So my mom was basically buried. <laughs> I mean, you have to laugh with the dirt balls. And I want to give everyone a shout-out on this card. It was a lot of dirt balls. Can't thank you guys enough. Peyton Stolp, Kyle Aronofsky, Charlie Ryan, Bo Blaha, Miliana Barajas, John Smith, Dylan Mata, Brad Stevens, Jesus, Griffin McHugh, Damian Adams, Alex Miller, and Maniacal Mitch, and, of course, Jay Lloyd, uh... They sent me gift cards. They said this this great spread. They had a, a pretzel sandwich spread, which was a hit after the funeral. My dad ran it out of bar, uh, and everybody got drunk, and uh, that was a huge thing. So you guys have been amazing. Tug, you've been amazing. Everybody's been amazing, and uh, I just want to thank you guys. I, re- I really can't thank you guys enough. And uh, you know what? My mom would be proud. At the end of the day, that's how I look at it. She would be proud uh, of what we're doing and what we have going on here. And uh, you're right. I'm excited and I'm ready to kick down 2020 with both legs. Sorry, Joe. <laughs> <laughs> I couldn't resist. No. Well, it was, it's been fun, you know, obviously to be with Joe and, the, you know, the, the four of us, uh, Aaron, Nick, Joe, and I went out to lunch last week and, uh, had a great time. Aaron absolutely freaked out, fanboyed out on a on a on a an actor that was in, in Harry Potter. I heard Nick, about this. Nick, Joe, and I had no clue who this person was, and Aaron <laughs> could not leave this dude alone. Well, you want to fill the, the 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 group in? Yeah. Is is uh am I, am I mic on? Yeah, you're, you're on. on. Okay, cool. I fucked it up hard. So, I'm, I'm gonna be flat out we'll, candid here. We'll bring I, I it back up because Nick told me you fanboyed out. Where were you? Where were you guys at? Cock and Bull. So you're at Cock and Bull. The old Cock and Bull. It's like an English pub for those who you know don't know Venice, uh, Santa Monica area. It's like an English pub where you get like sausages for lunch, English breakfast, and there's like six people in this bar. 
at lunch. So there's a Harry right. Potter actor. Yeah. Okay. So, you know, it's it's two thirty p.m. on a Thursday. Yeah. Very unsuspecting time. You know, and I walk in and I see Draco Malfoy sitting at the bar by himself, uh, with with a few drinks around him, and I and I made eye contact with him as uh, soon as I walked in, and I did a double take because. I was like, holy fuck, this guy looks just like Malfoy, but I'm not 100% certain. And then I noticed he has a little tattoo on his right ankle, the inside. Do you run a fan site for this guy? That's really creepy. No, but I, I noticed this tattoo, and I was like, okay, I got to I gotta confirm my suspicions because I'm not going to be one of those cucks who ends up on Twitter where it's like, you know, th- uh, so-and-so thought it was this person, and they take a picture, and they post it, and then you realize – Dude, that's not at all who you thought it was. You're a fucking idiot. Yeah. So I was like, I'm not going to be another statistic. So I'm talking to Joe, and Joe's like hyping me up like, dude, that's got to be him. That's got to be him. On his painkillers. I can't trust what he's saying. I don't know. So then I walk up to the guy, and then I get there, and now that we're within two feet of each other, I start second-guessing myself, thinking, maybe this isn't him. Okay. So the only logical explanation I had was, you know what? Go back to the tattoo, because you know that's that's evidence of, of who he is. So... For some reason, I ask him, "Hey, man, I know this is a really weird question, but uh, what's that tattoo on your on your on your ankle? Can I see that tattoo?" And he looks so at, weird to so walk up to a stranger. So weird. So weird. So weird to say, "Can I see your tattoo?" And he looks at me, kind of like laughs and like kind of scoffs. Looks at me and he goes in his accent, "You want to see my dick too, mate?" And I was like, "All right, this is uh, this is red alert, Mayday." He wants. He asked me want to see my dick, and he's like, "I'm not." He's like, "I have a girlfriend, you know." And I started laughing, and I tell him, "You know, we we kind of blew it over. We ended up dapping each other up. It was cool, you know. I told him I was a big fan of his work, all that stuff. It was it was fine, but yeah, it got off to a, a, a real rough start." Have you ever done anything like this with a celebrity? Because obviously, we live in L.A. Um. Well, usually, the celebrities that I have met here, uh, I I hundred percent already knew that they were the person I thought they were. It was like at an event or something where I knew, okay, yeah, this is like, I met Will Smith and I was like, oh, this is for sure Will Smith. Um, <laughs> it sounds like you were more excited to meet the actor who played Draco Malfoy than it was Will Smith. I mean, yeah. By I mean, way, I, I, can you imagine him going up to like some white guy and be like, are you Will Smith? I just picture, <laughs> I feel like Aaron's lost. <laughs> I'm just, I grew up a huge Harry Potter fan, like a huge nerd for Harry Potter. So like when I saw that, I was like, no way, but keep in mind, you know, it, it's 2.30 on a, on a weekday and he was by himself just drinking and he was like yeah i'm just having a pint and i was like you know so I, it was just the weirdest circumstances that i never expected and i think that was a bigger reason why i asked him probably the weirdest question of all time well we have so much sports to talk and we're well, discussing let, this well Harry let Potter me just game. say this this is why we needed you back because you know the four of us went out we're sort of having a having a drink having some lunch and we, we needed someone to bring us all back together and bring us back to the focus of dirty sports and i just want to say before we move on you know I can you can feel the love that people have for you, and I have it as well. Nick has it, Aaron have it, everyone has it. So, you know, I'm glad that you felt like you had people, you know, thinking about you, lifting you and your family up because, you know, we really really care about you. So we're we're happy that you're back, and and continue anything you need. Don't be don't be afraid to ask us. Thanks, man. I, I appreciate that, and uh, yeah, I'll have my moments for sure. It, it, it real quick on to end that stuff. You get to the point where you're like, dude, I don't think I can cry anymore. Do you know what I'm saying? Like, like it's it's such a crazy thing. Like, I've cried so much in the last two weeks, and I've seen 
more crying for my brothers and dad were like, I was like, yeah, I'm done crying. And then yesterday, as we were leaving the driveway, I just like lost it to go to the airport because it was tough to come back still. So, yeah, I might, uh, if, if guys, just cut me some leeway. If I start crying during Russell Wilson discussion. <laughs> or, or like a Chris Mack comeback. Come back, Chris Mack. He was actually brought up with my buddies that night, and they said, "Geez, we're never going to bring that up about Ruth around Ruther again." Uh, but I am, I am stoked to be back, and there's obviously a lot going on in the sports news, and uh, I almost feel like we, ha- you know, in honor of Joe Prano. This is this is great. We have to start with Eli Manning announcing his retirement. It's like some weird mythological story where the moment Joe goes under. In surgery, yeah. Eli wakes up and says, "I'm done." Yeah, it's 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 some some weird phenomenon. So now, in honor of Joe, I'm gonna do the "I told you so." Now, I love Prano, but he he loves he loves the tout when he's right. And we've had a lot of discussions. Of course, I said, "There's no way he's going anywhere next year," and I think we saw that. Right? You and I did. Of course. Of course. Do you think he deep down Prano knew? That Eli would not be playing in 2021. Well, we we actually talked about this a little bit, and I think maybe you and I have too. It's possible that he could have done pulled like a Flacco to Denver situation, but he it's it's over. It, it's the, the writing is still on the wall. Yeah, like Flacco was a sitting duck the moment he went to Denver because the moment they start losing, they're they're seeing what the younger guys have. Yeah, it's over. Sure. So I just I think Eli made the smart move by saying like I don't want to be the court I don't want to do what I did the past couple of years yeah which is start three four games, you know then get yanked. I just that just it's not what I want to do. Well, um, Eli's legacy, you'd probably agree with me, is one of the more interesting legacies. I'm going to go beyond just football, of all sports. I, I was honestly trying to think of a comp. In a, in a different sport that that Eli, uh, you know, is similar to, and I, you know, I'm still working on it. Like, for instance, like Dirk is a better player than Eli was, but the Dirk upset of the Heat that year it reminds me of what Eli did against the Patriots twice. Yeah. So I'm still working on this sort of comparison. I don't think there is one. He's that much of a uh, you know he, anomaly. He's like an enigma, right? Because because Eli's regular season stats are eh, but he never missed a game, which is huge. Even his postseason stats are eh, minus basically one and a half runs. And and I did a deep dive. You put out the bat signal to me. I did. I said, "Nug it up." Yeah, I want some facts. Facts only. Here's some quick hitters. Should I, should I go through a few quick hitters? Please do. By the way, Eli is a Hall of Famer. I, I won't have an argument where he's not. I'm not just saying that because of Joe. In my opinion, he's he's a... I agree. Okay. I agree. And, and we'll start off why. I don't care what anybody out there says. I, I had this discussion with Sean Merriman recently. Dude, when you put up top 10 all-time numbers, you're a Hall of Famer. End of story. And he is. It depends on the number. Let's be, let's be clear. Okay. Let's, well, let's go through it. He's seventh all-time in passing yards. And I, and I, I like that stat, but as, an, as a person who likes the numbers, that number doesn't mean as much to me because the 
the era in which he played is so different from so many players that are already in the Hall of Fame. And that number will continue to diminish. Five years from now, he'll probably be outside the top ten. This is why I don't know about that. Because of his consistency to stay on the field. Guys do not stay on the field like Eli. E- Eli, that's one of his great numbers. He's third all-time in 210 consecutive regular season starts. And that would be behind his brother and Brett Favre? Correct. Eli has the seventh. What a mo- gift the Mannings have. I mean, it's, that, that probably is the, the coolest stat. It really is. The, the, the amount of starts that those two brothers had in the NFL. That's why I took I don't know if the numbers will be there. Take take my guy, Russell Wilson. He's played eight straight years, hasn't missed a snap. Russell Wilson's already in the top eight all time of consecutive starts. I'm just saying we see Mahomes this year already miss a couple games. But, but but Russell Wilson's outside of Eli Manning in yards, right? Passing yards. First for the first eight years. Well, I mean I mean I mean obviously he's out he's not seventh all time, but do we think he could get to inside the top seven? But look at the guys behind him is what you know part of my point. Well, Matt Ryan's already at 10th. Matt Ryan's going to get there. Matthew Stafford could get there. I mean, uh, you know, Russ, Mahomes. You know, there's just a whole litany of guys that are on, on the come up. So, 7th all-time in passing yards. Another great stat. I'm sorry, in uh, passing touchdowns. Two-time Super Bowl MVP. This is where it starts to get interesting. He's 117 and 117 all-time. That, that, to me, is an incredible stat. The fact that he won, I think he beat the Dolphins, right, this year to get to get, to get 500. B- back to 500. Yeah. And then, I mean, I, I called it on the on the podcast, you know, whenever it happened. It was like, is he going to do a Ted Williams where Ted Williams, you know, was he, he put his 400 on the line uh, and, and went four for six in, his, in, the, in the doubleheader, I think. Yeah. And, um, but uh, Eli did not do that. He's like, I'm cool. I'm cool at 117 and 117. He only threw for 4,000 yards six times, which to me is an interesting stat. He played 16, what, 16 seasons? So that's, to me, in a pass-happy era, he's only thrown for 4,000 yards once every four years, which is kind of an interesting stat. What do you make of this stat? I'm curious about this. He's 19th all-time in passing yards per game, but he's 87th. Do you make much all-time in passing yards per attempt? Do you make much of the passing yards per attempt? Uh, definitely. I mean, that, it's that, that just it's really says, you know, dink and dunk. I mean, that's the analytic people would, would kind of definitely poo-poo that number. Um, I mean, as, when you're looking to it, you know, as, if you're evaluating the Hall of Fame, that doesn't matter. But it just shows you what, what he's looking at. I mean, it just shows you where he'd like to throw. To yeah. the flats, you know, short, dink and dunk. I mean, it's great that, his, you know, the two biggest throws of his life, well, there's, there's a couple. I mean, there's David Tyree, obviously. There's Mario Manningham. There's Plaxico. Yeah. Um, do you know what I'm fascinated by is the playoff stuff. The the playoff. If you do a deep dive, which I did today, it's and I knew a lot of it, but there's some of it I still didn't even know. To me, it's fascinating. 
Eli made the playoffs six times in 16 years. Four one and duns and two Super Bowl runs. That is Eli, is it not, Tug? That, 100%. That's the this weird... Like, like I don't even know how to describe it. This this weird number that he he goes on two Super Bowl runs, then other times he's one and done. And I mean, those other times were bad. I mean, awful, absolutely abysmal. Listen to this stat: of Eli's four one and duns, in three of those games. He threw for 169 yards or fewer. In his non four in his non Super Bowl runs in his four other playoff appearances, he had three touchdowns to seven interceptions. Because of the longevity, uh, Aaron or Nick, can you guys look up the all-time leaders in interceptions? I just want to see if he's up there, if, if and where he ranks. Now that doesn't necessarily mean you're bad. It means you maybe you take shots, but it is it is bad when you're eighty seventh all time in yards per attempt. Now he's top ten. I didn't want to put that up there because a lot of the greats are. I actually wanted to give Eli the benefit of the doubt on that. No, I, 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 I mean, I'm saying this because I think you know maybe Peyton's up there too. I don't know. He is. So it doesn't mean you're bad. It means you're taking shots. But my problem is when you have a and you lead. You're a top ten or interceptions, and you're 87th all time in yards per attempt. That means you're not taking the the shots that you should. Yeah. What, what do you got, Aaron? So Eli ranks 12th uh, all time in uh, interceptions at 244. Um, and to get some context, I mean, yeah, Peyton Manning is is at number nine with 251. So. Who's number one? Number one is uh, Brett Favre. That's what yeah. I thought. Who's number two? George Blanda. Okay. Anyone of note in, our, in like in our era in the top five or, or ten? Uh, aside from Peyton Manning, the closest person to uh, the the modern era is going to be Vinny Testaverde. Oh yeah, with oh, uh, with two sixty seven coming in. Thirty six picks for the Bucks. Yeah, yeah. One year, not good. I don't care about the interceptions as much, but like I said, this is where Eli's crazy. I mean, I mean, in his two Super Bowl runs. 15 touchdowns to two interceptions. In his other four, three touchdowns to seven interceptions. And I've argued with Joe about this before. One Super Bowl run was amazing. 2011. 1,219 yards, nine touchdowns, one interception. Averaged 304 yards per game in 2011. He was amazing. The first time they beat the, they beat the Patriots, he did a great job not making mistakes and managing. He had six touchdowns, one interception over four. But games. the reason that 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 year is is important is because it it knocked off undefeated Patriots. A hundred percent. I'm not disclaiming that. But my point is this: Eli had one amazing playoff run. He's still a Hall of Famer. I'm just saying he had, statistically speaking, he had one amazing playoff run. Which, by the way, shouldn't be discounted. I love Russell Wilson. Wilson's that never had close to a run that Eli had in 2011. I'm not discounting. I'm just saying. Did they win that as a wild card? Yes. Probably one of the last times that happened. I like what I pulled up as far as Joe Flacco versus Eli Manning's playoff numbers. 
They are so eerily similar. It's kind of wild. If you look at Flacco's Super Bowl run when they won against the 49ers, it's almost dead on. 1,140 yards, 11 touchdowns, zero interceptions, 285 yards a game. Is Joe Flacco elite? Eli's, 1,200 yards, nine... Like, Eli and Flacco's Super Bowl and just playoffs in general, if you put Eli and Flacco side-by-side in the playoffs, they're basically the same. Eli has more yards per game. Flacco has more touchdowns. A, a, a slightly better record. To me, to me, that's the comparison. The, the difference between Joe Flacco and Eli Manning is that Eli did it longer for one team. The numbers are there. They're, oh, wait, are you making a case that, he, that Joe Flacco should be a Hall of Famer? No, I'm not. It sounds like you are. I'm not. It, it sounds like you are. He didn't have the longevity that Eli had. But he has the same numbers. He has a Super Bowl. Eli has two. That's correct. I think the only quarterback that, that has two that's not in the Hall of Fame is Jim Plunkett. Raider? That's right. Now, two, Joe and I were talking about this a week or two ago. Two elevates you to elite status. I mean, that's like, that's the chase that Russell Wilson's going for. Aaron Rodgers. That's the chase that Drew Brees is going for. It just changes. It just puts you in rarefied air. And I think, you know, Eli gets in because, for, for two reasons. I mean, you know, he beats the undefeated Patriots. Then he beats them again. And then he does the great uh, stick, stick your tongue out face on SNL. Oh, really? It's a great face. Yeah. By the way, I see Joe is in the YouTube comment Joe section. Joe Prano is? He's basically half alive. He should be loving this conversation. See, he always gets hung up on Eli's weapons, and I and I, I I'm not going to hear that argument. I'm just not. going to We're hear saying it. he's a Hall of Famer. What what else does he want him? What else to say? I'm not going to hear that argument. I'm just not. But what is he saying? Read the comment. Let's talk about Eli's weapons in his career. Does Mahomes have more playmakers on this roster than Eli had in 20 years? I'm just not going to hear that. It's just it's just not true. As far as that, Eli had no weapons. It's just not true. But he also won two Super Bowls. I don't. I don't. I don't understand. What, does, he, does he want him to be higher ranked all, all time? He, he's perfectly ranked. He's he's an above average quarterback with two elite Super Bowl runs. You know, he's he's going to make it to the Hall of Fame. I don't really understand what the discussion is. Plaxico wasn't shit. Manningham wasn't shit. Plaxico was good. Even Akeem. Akeem Nix? I believe it's Hakeem. A high draft. I'm just saying, like, like if you compare the, those guys versus a lot of other teams' wide receivers, I think actually Seattle's a good comp for the wide receivers that, that Russell's had. When do you think that's a good comp? They got some guys who can make some plays. Wait, what, Tom, like Tom Brady has – look at Tom Brady's guys. I mean, in the early years. I can't even name – outside of Troy Brown – I'm trying to name guys that he was running with. Yeah. I mean, he had one year we had Randy Moss and then and Eli Slay the Dragon. I mean, then Gronk came in later, but I'm talking like the early Patriots years. It wasn't like they were like just absolutely loaded up with wide receiver talent. He's a Hall of Famer. Like, no one's debating that. But that's why Eli is so interesting. 
No, I, I threw out a name off air that I want to compare him to. He won zero Super Bowls. But Tony Romo. Is Tony Romo, if you put Tony Romo on another team, is he, like, let's put him in a vacuum. Let's put him, like, you're, a schoolyard pick. Do you want Tony Romo or Eli Manning? I don't want Romo because he gets hurt. He got hurt like late in his career, though, right? A bunch, though. And isn't he, it sad that Joe like loves Eli, but he he's, but he's not quite as healthy as Eli. Just sitting there talking about Eli's longevity. Call that, that irony, folks. <laughs> Shout out to you, Joe. Boy, I'm very impressed that Joe. I, I got a video from Joe about an hour ago. The fact that he's even watching this, he was definitely on some painkillers. Good for you. Save a few for us. But Romo also, it's interesting. Romo had the playoff meltdowns. Eli had a lot too, but he had two runs. That the, 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 That's the difference. The legacy of Eli is the runs. I mean, let's just say that. I mean, Romo, if you talk to the analytic nerds, Romo is much higher rated by the, the, the math gods than, than he is in the NFL fandom. But this is where the analytics, I think, can uh, – you, you can throw some of those aside again because he did get injured. He wasn't on the field. I see Aaron's chomping at the bit. Well, I, just want, I just want to kind of riff off some of uh, Romo's playoff stats. So he had, he had four playoff appearances, and his first two uh, were bad. Um, both times, 200 yards passing or less. But his last two appearances – he threw for over 400 yards oh. both times. The first oh. time, 400 yards, two touchdowns. The second time, 400 – or sorry, the last time he's in the playoffs, 484 passing yards, four touchdowns, no interceptions. It's against the Packers and Lambeau. Yeah, 2014. And then w- one of those didn't count. One of those – the one to Dez didn't yeah. count. So, I mean, you look at it, that's, that's a 50-50 split. His first two games, you know, maybe the nerves got to him, but the last two, I mean, he was nails. Yeah, but again, he doesn't win the Super Bowl. They had some like the meltdowns against who was it when he had T.O. Did they lose to the Giants or was it Green Bay? And they lost that game at home when they went, I think, thirteen and three. Yeah, I believe that was with the, that was the Giants. And also, everyone remembers the Seattle debacle. You know, where he, he was was he the last quarterback to hold for kickers. I mean, I feel like he 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 yeah. destroyed that that job for you know backups and whatever else. So it's over. Well, well, here's how here's how I look at it at the end of the day with Eli. If you're a fan of an NFL franchise and your QB gets you two Super Bowls in 16 years, you trade off all those what we call slightly above average years, right? I couldn't agree with you anymore. And I want I'm glad you brought this point up because I you know, we're 2 weeks away from the Super Bowl. Yeah. But everyone is talking about you know, the Niners and the Chiefs obviously. But if we think about the Aaron Rodgers and the Niners and like that was a storyline that Joe and I talked about ad nauseum that the people were going to be talking about the the Niners bypassed Aaron Rodgers. But now the Niners have gone to more Super Bowls in the Aaron Rodgers era than Aaron Rodgers. 
It's 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 more than just quarterbacking. It's about they got to win one though. The Niners. Aaron's at least won one. That's true. But 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 the organization is getting there. Yeah. And they're they're built to to get there again next year. Um. So let me let me run down a couple names and you tell me schoolyard pick. Who do you take? When we say schoolyard, are we talking one game? Let's say um, one season in our prime. One season in our prime. One season in their prime. Yeah. Everyone's healthy. Like one season of schoolyard ball. Whatever. <laughs> um, I'm just trying to get... Ben Roethlisberger. I mean, that's a great comparison. Ben gets hurt a lot, too. Let's throw, let's throw Nick on there. I'm going to say Ben. I'm going to give a slight edge to Ben. What do you say, Nick? I'm sure we all know well, You Nick's know who I'm taking. Come yeah, on, no. get out of here. I do have their stats pulled up, though. Let's do it. You, you, you want to do playoffs? Sure. Okay. Well, obviously, they both have the two Super Bowls. Um, I mean, I, I know it's kind of like a, like a nerd stat to go by QBR, but that's kind of like my... It does a good job of measuring, like, you know, touchdowns, interceptions, all that. They're oddly similar, like 86.5 in the playoffs for Ben. And then we had it up for Eli as well. It was 87.4. So Eli actually has the edge for that because Big Ben in his early years, he was going to the Super Bowl, I mean, his second year. And he had, he's actually the worst quarterback statistically to win the Super Bowl. And that was Super Bowl 40. But, I mean, schoolyard ball. You're taking Ben all day. Agreed. But when I say schoolyard pick, I'm saying, like, uh, I take you or I take you. I'm not saying schoolyard ball. I'll take Ben. I agree. I take Ben. Of course. All right. Drew Brees. Drew Brees. Um, let's say... But, again, that's what's fascinating. Brees has one. Rodgers has one. Again, Eli's got two. Like, that's where that's where he's got it. You just can't deny that. That's very true. Okay, I'll do two. I'll do three more. Um, let's say Eli Manning or Philip Rivers. Eli, that's pretty easy for me. Eli Manning or Steve Young. Steve Young. One Super Bowl, but yes. Um, Eli Manning or Troy Aikman. Ooh. Talk about a guy who had weapons. Very, I'm gonna I'm go. E- I'm gonna go Eli. Eli for Troy Aikman. This is a debate wow. right here. Wow, Joe, do you do that for Joe? Joe is like Dennis Hopper character in Hoosiers. He's sitting up in the hospital, <laughs> and he was like, "That wasn't a hospital. He had a straitjacket. Oh, he was in, yeah, <laughs> he, he was dealing with he was thing. detoxing. <laughs> Freno has a straitjacket. Well, Joe, we doing some detoxing of his own very uh, soon. Okay. I, I kind of threw that one for Prano. No, that was nice. Um, last one. I'm just going to pull this one out. I'm trying to think of like... These are that, good. I like yeah. these. Stanga's asking Eli or Elway. Elway. Not, get out of here, Stanga, with that one. I mean, it's Elway. That is not even close. Elway is... Elway played in how many? Five Super Bowls? Elway might be in the rush more. Yeah. Um, let's see. Any, any other ones? In, in, in his era. In his era. I'm trying to think of in the era... Prano's taking Steve Young over, that's, El, over, that's, over Eli. That's the right call. Yeah. 
Um, in the era. No, there's none I can think of. Um, yeah, I mean, it's really like Ben. Phillip. Phillip, Breeze. You take Rodgers over. Yeah. Eli. Um, yeah, okay, that's, that's, that's probably where he is, but he's a Hall of Famer. No, he is, for sure. And, and, and anybody, again, anybody who says he's not, Barry McCockiner, uh, you just, that's a bad take. It's just a bad take. Like I said, at the end of the day, we'll wrap up this Eli discussion. At the end of the day, dude, you don't watch football if you don't appreciate two Super Bowls in 16 years. That, that, that's all it is, dude, at the end of the day. Obviously, he's got the accumulative regular season stats, but two Super Bowls at the end of the year where, again, Aaron Rodgers won, Drew Brees won, Russell Wilson won. People don't realize how hard it is to win two. It's such a difficult game. That's why these guys got to take advantage of it. We don't know what's going to happen. Mahomes is amazing. You don't know what teams he's going to be on. Still has zero. Yeah. I mean, like, you know, Marino got there year two. Never got there again. Never sniffed it. So, yeah. Hall of Famer. You know who else is a Hall of Famer? Who's that? GTP Picks. On fire right now. On fire. Guys, if you're paying out your bookie, stop doing that. Just stop it. Stop being an idiot. It's 2020. Are we doing New Year's resolutions? Don't be paying your bookie. Get some help from our friends at GTP Picks. It's a data-driven sports betting service that offers winning sports betting advice for an affordable price. Follow their advice and win. It's that simple. Right now, GTP Picks is offering a limited offer to all the dirt balls. Not just some, Tug. All of them. For the rest of January, all GTP picks are 25% off. In addition to this discount, every purchase will include the Super Bowl 54 preview and every Super Bowl 54 sports betting recommendations. Now, we do the prop bets. We're going to be discussing those next week. GTP picks will have all that for you, all the amazing prop bets. They're going to win you a lot of money on Super Bowl Sunday. Simply visit GTP Picks and use promo code DIRTY to unlock this limited time offer. If you like making money while watching sports, investing with GTP Picks is a no-brainer. So go ahead and do that and make yourself some money as Tug does a live selfie. This is so meta. From his phone while we're live on YouTube while we're recording on Mevo, while we're recording on the Zoom, which will also be the audio, my head is going to explode. Boom. Love it. A lot of stuff to talk, Tug. Hall of Fame. We went from one Hall of Fame, Eli Manning, to another Hall of Fame, the Baseball Hall of Fame. Congratulations, Derek Jeter and the Canadian, Larry Walker, have been inducted into the 2020 class. Major League Baseball's Hall of Fame. If they don't create a Hall of Fame exhibit for Larry Walker's shirt yesterday where he took the call with the SpongeBob Hawaiian Hawaiian shirt. Now, I was on a flight across the country. I saw he made it, of course. I did not follow up and see his shirt. I'm excited to see this. Okay, let me pull it up for you just so you can see. Because when you know you're going to be on the air taking this call. You know what he looks like? 
Larry Walker. Bass fisherman, for sure. Or member of the white supremacist group. Like, not going to lie. He's got the goatee, the bald hair. Nothing against Larry Walker. I'm sure he's a lovely gentleman. Uh, but it's an interesting outfit. It's a great outfit. Kudos to him. I believe, am I correct in this? Is he the first Canadian-born? Am I just completely off on that? Did I just make up something? I love it. We'll have someone fact-check that. I'm sure uh, someone knows. I like it. Long time in the making. I believe this was his final year. Tenth ballot. On the ballot. Made it by six votes. Ooh. There was a lot of discussion. Um, I follow a couple Hall of Fame uh, voters, and they were, you know, going around. Some people revealed their ballots. Some people didn't. Yeah. And they thought they thought for the longest time that he was going to be short, but he, he ended up getting in by six votes. I heard it was the SpongeBob shirt. <laughs> those, those six voters absolutely. were big fans of Squidward. <laughs> and uh, they said, you know, we're going to have to give the uh, edge a nod to old Larry Walker. You got to do it. He's smart. What I, what I really love and what, what confuses me is that the Nationals – Sent out a tweet congratulating him, congratulating him, and you forget that the Nats are the old Expos organization. Ah, you do forget. So I, it took my brain a second to compute. The the Nats being formerly the Montreal Expos is kind of like Bruce to Caitlyn Jenner. Okay. Do you like where I'm going? Like, okay. like I've almost forgotten now that there was an Olympic athlete, Bruce Jenner. Am I way off in this? No, I mean, I'm listening. Like, I feel like that's the comparison. That's the ideal comparison. Well, you know, I will say this. An old Expos hat is smooth. I agree. So smooth. Can you refresh my memory? What's the JB stand for? No idea. No one knows. Someone dig that up, what the Expos hat meant. But it just looks so good. Compared to, um, you know... We all love the Nats. Looks like a Walgreens. Oh, yeah. You know, emblem, not the best. The Nats, or, <laughs> or, or the Expos, the hat looked good. Seeing four people at that stadium watch them play, not <laughs> so some good. Ta- they had some talent, too. Bro. Larry Walker, Pedro Martinez. Yep. Dennis Martinez, I believe, threw a new hitter. Vlad Guerrero. Yep. I mean, how many how many Hall of Famers do you need? I mean, they were Randy actually Johnson. They were winning the division when the strike happened in '94, I believe. They were. So were my Reds. Trust me, I remember that. All right, what do we got here? What does the JB stand for? It's a it's a Canadian French. I believe it's Jerry Park for Jerry Park Stadium. No, it's JB. I think. JB. Do none of us know? Jer- <laughs> That's why we have people here helping us out. Jerry Park Stadium. No, I, it's got to be something with French Canada. French Canada? Oh, yes. I'm back. He's fully back. The Yay. province, Quebec. We got, we got, we, There's nothing on here, yeah. You can't Google what does... I, that's why I, I, that, that's in my search right now. The JB stand for on the Expo's hat. Two interns. Question for you. I mean, for you know, Prano is obviously the guy... To weigh in on this, yeah, you can too. Of course, Jeter gets on get, gets in on his first ballot, one vote away from unanimous. The voters are back to their shenanigans. I hate it. Obviously, Jeter's a Hall of Famer. This this whole you gotta wait. All right, sorry. Well, 
what was your question about the hat again? What does it stand for? So the only thing I found on it is that it's not a it's not a, a JB. It's actually just like a stylized EB, which stands for Expos Baseball. And taken together, the letters form an M representing Montreal. And that's why they left. Too fucking confusing. <laughs> I, I mean, this whole time I thought it was a JV. Everyone else did. That's why they left. I don't feel bad anymore. I take back everything I said. It's a good dig, Aaron. It's a good dig. I love this. I'm telling you guys. I, I get if I get this new couch, we're having slumber parties. The three of us. Oh man, this is oh, a whole. This oh is a whole boy. video right here. Yeah. Nothing. This, this whole couch thing. Big brother cam. Nothing romantic. Just three guys on a couch. I mean, if you want it to be romantic, that's cool. I, I I won't judge. I don't know if I'll partake. I'm just saying, after the night's sleep I had last night, you need a new couch. You didn't sleep well last night. I didn't sleep well last night. And there goes my mic. Well, I just... I, I, you're, <laughs> I, I, no, I, I'm not blaming you. You're going to sleep at Prano's tonight. So yes, I am. Yeah. You're, you think you didn't get sleep last night. Tonight, you're going to hear crackheads screaming at each other. I'm looking forward to it. Are you? Yeah. It'll be interesting. <sighs> well, good luck. Back to the Jeter thing, though. I hate it, Tug. Obviously, he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. Uh, he also was a defensive liability, but I can look past that. I know Joe will, would want to harp on that. I don't want to speak for Prano. Jeter was not good at defense, though. Yeah, I'm looking at some of his numbers as a negative DRS, whatever the hell that means. But Larry Walker, but Jeter had five gold gloves. People forget. Larry, no, that, Larry, does, that doesn't mean anything to me. Larry Walker had seven. The gold gloves doesn't mean anything to me. That's a popularity contest. Huh. The, the, the gold gloves, if you break down Jeter's war, defensive war, it was in the negatives throughout his career. I looked it up last. I actually compared Jeter versus my guy, Barry Larkin. Like, defensively, it doesn't even compare. If you well, look, no one, no one thinks of Jeter... You know, as an elite defender, outside of which I talked about last week, these like, you know, which a lot of idiots Joe do. De Joe debunked, you know, the, these plays with you know the, with the swipe and the run into the outfield stands. You know, he has these highlights to kind of carry him. Uh, yeah. with this the defensive image. But yes, no one thinks of Jeter as like. I think an a lot. Do. What did Prano say? I think a lot do. No, no, he. I think, you know, well, he was trying to debunk any th theory that hey, this he, he's not a great defender. I mean, that he is. He's not. But but the, 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 my point is the Jeter legacy in a way is similar to the Kobe thing in this regard. Everyone just hops on this bandwagon without doing research. Kobe Bryant was also a defensive liability. That is a factually proven statement. He was a defensive liability. Kobe had, I think, nine or ten first-team all-defense, which is a joke because when he was on the floor, he was a defensive liability. I, I would need to see those facts. Oh, I'm, I have a YouTube video that we're recording this week. New segment, teaser, called Facts Only, that I will be doing with my buddy over here, Nick D'Alessandro. And the first one's going to be Kobe Bryant, great all-time player, also overrated. They can both exist, people. Come on. 
Hop on this train where two things can exist. I don't know why we live in this world that doesn't say Kobe Bryant or Derek Jeter aren't first ball Hall of Famers. They are. They also can be overrated. You don't have to suck. And that's all I'm saying. Jeter, offensively, amazing. Playoffs, clutch. These are all facts. Also a liability. It's no big deal. You just weren't that good on defense. He, he's interesting because he did it for such a long time, but he also never won an MVP, never won a batting title, also had 3,400 hits, also benefited by stacked lineups that he could have guys on base. It also doesn't take away how clutch he was. All these things can exist into one giant Jeter sandwich, guys, which is probably being eaten by a supermodel because that guy got around. I'll tell you what. The thing I know about Jeter, I mean, I you know, everyone has rumors that they hear about Jeter, but he was able to curate his own career, the image of his own career as well as anyone brilliantly in the business. You know, his work with Nike to his ability to sort of Gatorade, Gatorade to his ability to like, you know, get the stuff out into the media that he wanted to get filtered out, but keep the rest in. Never got into any sort of scandals. Um. You know, was sort of seen as like the George Clooney of baseball. Um, you know, like you said, you know, his 3,000th hit was a big hit, like had big timely, you know, hits. Um, just just really well choreographed career on top of the fact that he's the captain and he went through an elite winning phase. in the Oh, Lions. yeah. And again, none of that should be taken for granted at all. But brilliant marketing. Again, I do see a lot of similarities with him and Kobe because of that. Like, we want to gloss over certain flaws in somebody because the TV commercials told me that. Dude, people get brainwashed very easily. And as the older I get, I just learn this more and more. People just want to believe what they hear or see a tweet but again, Jeter should have gotten all the votes, if you want to bring it back to that. This, this notion that Major League Baseball writers sit on this pedestal and say, you can't get all votes your first time around, it's ludicrous. And in the same token, it's ludicrous to think that Roger... It's ludicrous to think that Kurt Schilling... Roger Clemens and Barry Bonds are not in. Schilling was the closest that did not get in, right? 70%. So he's going to get in. He's going to get in. That was his eighth time on the ballot. So he has two more attempts, right? If, if 10 is Larry Walker's 10th, I, I don't know how many attempts. I thought it was 15, but it may, may, maybe 10. Clemens is what? What was his number? 61%. And what was Bonds? 60.7%. It's a joke. It is a joke. There is no sport, Tug, that is marred by more stupid voters, controversies. We're dealing with this thing right now with the Astros, the history of baseball, the steroids. I, I just, I don't, it's tough for me to follow this goddamn sport now. It is. I tweeted this out. It's really tough for me to go to games this year. It's going to be tough, and I love going to baseball games. I love the pace of it. 
the social environment of baseball games, you know, a nice war, a nice warm day. It doesn't matter what city you're in. I love all that. But when baseball continues to demonize guys like Bonds that they propped up or shilling because he's an alt-right guy, who cares? Like, I, I just, I, I don't, like, NFL has their problems. I look at baseball and, like, it's embarrassing to me when I see this stuff. Guys who aren't getting in who should be in. Or voters who are not voting because, well, you shouldn't get in right away. Because I'm a guy who writes for the Dayton Daily News and I have a vote. I played on the Finley High School team back in 1962 and you shouldn't get in right away. You got to earn it. Dorks. You're all dorks. Love your character work. I was doing a lot of acting. I, I took up an acting class, actually. I love it. In the last two weeks. Nice. <laughs> <laughs> I'm actually going to go the other way. I like the fact that someone withheld a vote because the tradition has been set for so long. I was actually kind of mad when they let in um, Mariano Rivera at 100%. Because, because they have so many greats. It almost became a badge of honor to get in and not have the perfect ballot. Now that the perfect ballot exists, now there's something to grade against. I kind of like the fact that every great player that's ever played the game before Mariano Rivera got in without a perfect ballot. Now, I mean, obviously I'd like to see 100%, but now that, that it's been established for so long, I would like to have seen... I like the idea of... <laughs> of the guy who played for uh, Finley High School in 1962. I played for the Finley High School. The Finley Braves. The Finley Braves in 1962. I was a pitcher, a left fielder, and sometimes I even played catcher when we were shorthanded. Well, <laughs> that's a real newspaper, the Dayton Daily News. I believe it. Born in Dayton. Everyone knows that about me. You are a native that's of right. the OHIO. That's right. I forget that about you. Tug, Tug, you are also an enigma of all the teams you like, That's the places you've lived. That's correct. You're a, you're a traveling man. I know. I'm the sixth member of the traveling Wilburys. Me, Dylan, Petty, ELO guy. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, I'm just, I'm just gonna let him go. I don't know, I don't know where, I don't know where Coker's going with this, but I'm gonna uh, just, oh, just let him go. God. You've been doing a little acting lately, right? That's your, did, you, you did. Got, worked on a show that's coming out. Uh, Disney Channel? Nope, ABC. It is owned by Disney, but it is on network television. I should be able to uh, reveal that uh, whenever they let me, let me say that, but in the next week or two. And I, 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 for all the work I put on this show, all I ask is one thing. A, follow me on Instagram and Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> Please, because I'm going to be making a movie this year. I'm going to write it and direct it. I need all of your support. But B, I want you guys to watch the things that I'm in. That's all yeah. I ask. It's funny. My uh, my little brother said to me when I was home, he's like, just watching an old Office episode. And he, and he listens to Dirty Sports, but maybe not closely enough, yeah. clearly. He's like, dude, was, uh, was Tug playing... He's like, I was I think he was like half asleep. He's like, was Tug playing John Krasinski's brother? I'm like, yeah. 
It's like that episode where they're just like they're uh, they're they're giving uh, what's Pam it? where they're giving Pam uh, hard time. I was like, yeah. He's like, I thought that was Tug. I'm like, bro, you th- you think you think I mess around with no names on the Dirty Sports podcast? No. no. Our, our 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 number one filling co-host. Is amazing, and I and then I told my little brother, you gotta watch his Hannah Montana as the snake dragon. <laughs> <laughs> my career is, you know, we're only we're only a third of the way in. It's already run the gamut of stuff. So, hey man, I'm excited for Phase Two, and I, Phase Two starts this year, and all the dirt balls out there are rolling with me, and I'm rolling with all of you. Let's go make some great stuff. I agree. Congrats to Larry Walker. Congrats to Derek Jeter. Congrats to me for acting in 2020. And and the big thing is coming up for Dirty Sports. I can't wait for you to reveal these big things. Oh yeah, I'm, I'll, I'll do I'll do a little sneak peek. A big thing will be dropped next week. It's called a tease. Oh yeah, little tease, a little Andy Ruth or just the tip tease. <laughs> just just little little tippy tip right there. <laughs> Although is that really just the tip? I'm giving you nothing. That's very true. I'm not giving them anything. Uh, one more baseball story. They are going to test the automated umps in spring training. This is very confusing to me, but not actually use them to make calls. So in games, they will be using them, but the, it will not be actually making decisions. Does that make any sense to you? I don't really fully understand it. So it's like in the background, they're going to be using them to see how it works, but it won't actually be affecting the calls. In is it, the, is the equivalent of like when Fox has like the, the pitch zone and then it's sort of like monitoring how cl- how closely correlated the ump's calls and the computer's calls, calls yeah, are? maybe that's a good analogy. What do you think, Aaron? I think you're kind of looking at it just from the wrong perspective. I look at it as a... Uh... If you look at someone's tattoo on their ankle. Yes, exactly. <laughs> No, I think it's like think of it as a as quality control. You know, let, let's see how let's see how many of the umps got right compared to what they got wrong based on the the system, and then kind of weed out the bad ones from there, ideally, um, and see if umps are good enough to keep long term, or if these robots are really that much better. And then let's implement it, you know, from there. At, at this point, can't fast forward to five years when umps are umping the game. Wait, computers are umping the game. I just want to see your, uh, a manager go off on a computer. I just want to see him like just just shovel the the, the dirt up to the computer and yeah. try to dewire de- de- the computer over a bad call. No, I want them to download malware to the computer. <laughs> <laughs> right? Like the ump gets mad. He's like, "I'm giving yeah. you malware. Yeah. Yeah. You're gonna explode." <laughs> but wouldn't it be? I think what they'll still do is the umps on the field, right? And he's got an earpiece with the computer saying, which then creates huge conspiracies. Right? Did the computer really say that? Yeah, exactly. Or was he going on the cuff? I mean, I feel the more transparency, the better, right? I feel like. Look, at this point, automation, the whole country's going this way. Have you guys been following Andrew Yang? Are you part of the Yang gang? Get on my level, people. I mean, if you're a rapper or comedian, you are. So many endorsements from uh, for Andrew Yang. Has he? Dave Chappelle. Um, I believe um, uh, it was maybe it was I mean, Drake's Canadian, but it was somebody else who was big. 
Oh, it was uh, it was um, Donald Glover. Donald, Donald Glover, Glover, Dave Chappelle. I like I like Andrew Yang a lot. I do. And but a lot of the things he says to me, may, like again, he's not like a politician. But not to go down this, but that's what's going to happen with baseball, and that's what he says with automation, with you know drivers and truck drivers. There's already a massive truck driver shortage in this country. I know this because my brother works for Cisco. Like you can be starting salary for a truck driver, and they will pay for six weeks training. If anybody's looking for a job, by the way, I mean dirt balls. If you want to hear us and a thousand other podcasts, eighty thousand dollars a year to start, and they'll pay for six weeks training. Wait, are you? Is this is this an ad read? No, I'm just. <laughs> I don't know why I'm giving Cisco a free plug right now. <laughs> Clearly, I've been away for a few weeks. These are conversations that I've had with family. Uh, but the point is the automation, if it's going to work and be the most accurate, why are we not doing that? And I love your idea of the umps going after the computers. <laughs> I mean, there's all these analytic nerds and they're like, just like, that's the next, uh, Houston Astros scandal is like the analytics nerds, like, like you said, give them malware, the malware, they slip it in the, the, the computer. Is malware, is malware still a thing? Oh, for sure. I don't know. Ask Nick. He went to college like last year. Like, like Nick, how do how does somebody give? You, you're a smart guy. Like, if somebody wanted to give someone a virus, what are the tactics in 2020? Um, I this is funny because my one of my buddies he actually got fired from a job because he accidentally downloaded malware and crashed the whole company's computer system yeah. on, on his first week on the job. So like it, it's um <laughs> it's kind Oops. of hidden. It's kind of hidden. Like what people will do is. They'll disguise it like maybe this looks like a work email or a school email or something yeah. like that. And then like you just download a file that you would, you know, typically download. And then if you accidentally download that, then you kind of get the virus, you know. I like, I like the idea of like baseball managers thinking they know what malware is. And they just like have a bag of – they just think it's like some stuff they just sprinkle on a computer. Like it's like Zoolander. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you have malware. <laughs> yeah, I love it. Second Zoolander reference this week. That's right. Yeah. Second one. Yeah. Good movie. I think it's underappreciated. I, I completely agree. I think, I, th ben, I think Ben Stiller actually. I was just going to say. Not, I think, not to go on a tangent. Ben Stiller is underappreciated. I was just about to say that. I mean, he, he like, let's talk about it for two seconds. I know we'll go back to sports. Of course. Tropic Thunder. I mean, there's a tug in there, so it's, we got to love that. Uh, he he starred, wrote, and directed that. Am I correct in that? No, that's incorrect. Okay, I believe he directed it. Yes, but the writer was the dude from um, just is Justin Thoreau. It is Justin Thoreau. That's correct. Um, there's I, something about Mary. I remember seeing that in the theater. Classic. Laughing my ass off. Yeah, the flashback scenes where he's playing the, the, the his his character embraces and he like zips his balls up and he it's just. The Ben Stiller Show on MTV. Ben Stiller Show's great. And you know what? I just had this discussion with my brothers while I was home. His cameos. Ben Stiller in Happy Gilmore is one of the most underrated, funny characters. Yes. Well, your fingers are going to hurt, too, because you just pulled, what does he say, like lawn duty uh, yeah. or something? I mean, do Dodgeball is like not the perfect, it's not a perfect movie, but it's, if you want some laughs, you'll get them. Oh, yeah. Nobody makes me bleed my own blood. Ben Stiller couldn't agree more. Underappreciated.
Okay. Back ben, to sports. Ben Stiller, Eli Manning. Who you got? <laughs> <laughs> I mean, Ben's had some runs, bro. Yeah, let's think about Meet it. Meet the parents. We didn't even mention those. Oh, my gosh. Wow. And we're not even doing his serious stuff. Can't think of one. Who do you got, Ben Stiller, Eli? I got Ben. Yeah, 100%. Jerry Stiller? Oh, yeah. You know what I'm really appreciating right now, Tug? Is my brand new hoodie from Untuck It. Look at this hoodie. How fresh do I look? And it's light. That's what I love. I got a bunch of new gear sent. Obviously, I was going through a tough time. Luckily, my friends at Untuck It helped me out. I got a new pair of gray chinos. I got this hoodie. And I got a great collared long sleeve polo. All from Untuck It in the last couple weeks. Guys, don't look like a slob. That's my first thing. You're not going to look like a slob if you wear Untuck It. Because obviously, the name is in the brand. You can Untuck It and it fits absolutely perfectly. It'll, it'll change your experience, how you look, how you feel. They have over 50 fit combinations. Untuck It shirts look great on tall, short, slim, and athletic guys of all ages. So go to untuckit.com right now because get you 20% off on your first order if you use promo code DIRTY. Don't just take my word for it. Try Untuck It for yourself. Visit untuckit.com and use code DIRTY for 20% off on your first order. They even offer free shipping and returns on all orders in the U.S., which I love because, to be honest, I wasn't sure if I wanted to get a medium or a large hoodie. But I didn't have to worry because I knew they would do free returns. That's untuckit, U-N-T-U-C-K-I-T dot com. Promo code DIRTY for 20% off on your first order. It will get you guys looking nice and fresh. Everything from the leisure clothes like this hoodie to nice dress shirts, nice dress slacks, to chinos, you name it. Untuckit to untuckit.com, promo code Dirty. Royal Tenenbaums. Oh, yeah. You know who loves that one? That's a Walt Ruther fave. Also, and this he also has a great, uh, I think he has a production company, Ben Silla does, called Red Hour. Produces some great stuff. I feel like he's been producing a lot more. A lot, a lot of stuff. And he's getting to the dramatic fold. But there's a he had a, a series that lasted one season on Comedy Central that I absolutely love. And no one really talks about it. But I think it's one of the funniest shows I've seen in the last 10 years called Big Time in Hollywood, Florida. If you guys haven't seen this show, I remember. Please go watch it. It is so funny. And he's in the pilot episode playing a character. It's hilarious. Cuba Gooding Jr.'s in it. Like, they have a bunch of great cameos. It's a hilarious show. Alex Anfanger is one of the creators. Uh, anyway, shout out to Ben Stiller. Better than Eli Manning. Will. <laughs> I feel like almost in honor of Prano, he loves the titles that are greater than. I almost feel like the title is Ben Stiller. Aaron is laughing over it. Get on the mic here, guys. You're giggling too much off air. What's the deal? No, I'm just laughing because I, I looked at the comment section again, and all I see is uh, Joe Prano writes, how dare you? <laughs> That's it. Just, just how dare you to Ben Stiller over Eli Manning. Maybe that's the title. That's what I was going to say. Ben Stiller is greater than Eli Manning. I don't know if we want that as a title, but 
You're the title guy. I know. It's been fun seeing him when I'm gone. Like, like, I, like, like my thought process is, actually, actually, how, how's that gone down? How's that gone down, Nick? Because you've been loading the episodes. With what, exactly? The, the titles? The titles. Who's been in charge of the titles? You were praying out. It's been kind of like a mixture of everyone. Like, we kind of have a little meeting afterwards. Uh, Aaron's writing down possible titles throughout the whole thing. Uh, I think last episode, I think Tug and Joe, we, they kind of had a moment there in the middle. And then, and then Joe's just like, all right, that's the title. And then we don't even question it. So it's been good. How, do, do you think they've been okay? I think they've been great. All right. I was, I was just curious. I think we should do something with Gritty for this title, maybe. How wild is this Gritty news? Gritty, the Philadelphia Flyers mascot, is being investigated for hitting a 13-year-old fan. I saw clips of this. Speaking, so of, just, ben, speaking of Ben Stiller. Yeah, seriously. Th- this sounds like, a, this seriously. sounds like a comedy sketch. So according to reports from the Philadelphia Inquirer, police in Philly are investigating a complaint that, that Gritty, dude, this is a real news story. The Flyers mascot punched a 13-year-old following a photo shoot at an event in November for season ticket holders. I think it's pretty awesome. I mean, hockey, look, Nick covered college hockey. He may be able to weigh on this more than we can, but, like, hockey needs stories. And this is what, this is, he's doing this for the NHL. And, and here's, and I don't follow hockey, obviously, but correct me if I'm wrong, Gritty is, like, the most popular NHL mascot. The NHL has a superstar problem, but Gritty is probably the most recognizable figure in hockey at the moment, I'd have to say. <laughs> so maybe Gritty sounds like, you know, Things went to his head a little bit, a little bit tug, right? And just he, to be clear, this is like, this isn't in costume gritty doing this. This is like the, the the person gritty. No, this is gritty in costume. Gritty in costume is punching this kid? Yeah. This is what makes the story even better. Yeah, absolutely. Oh my goodness. Yeah. Again, this is this like an episode of Workaholics or something? Curb your enthusiasm. It's definitely ridiculous. Aaron, what do you got to say here? I, I love the tandem of the passing the mic back and forth. They're wearing the same color shirts. It's really, it really is amazing, this team. It's very cohesive. I really hope he didn't already say this, and I was just reading, so I missed it. But uh, a quote from one of the articles <laughs> said, This 13-year-old kid named Brandon playfully patted Gritty on the head after a photo was taken, and as he was walking away, <laughs> Gritty left his chair, took a running start, and punched my son as hard as he could. <laughs> End quote. <laughs> gritty gets down and fucking gritty. I'm trying to think of a comp for this. Like, I don't remember any other episodes. I mean, I'm 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 late. I'm I'm running through Succession a little later than most. But episode two, they put um, Kieran Culkin's character in a in a. In a like a mascot attire, and, he, and, he, and he's says disparaging things to people, but can't think of a comp. Now, I, I've said this before on the show. I, for a few months, uh, was the Hamburglar at a McDonald's in high school for kids' parties. Mm. Mm. How would you How would you like that? How would you like me showing up in the Hamburglar outfit? When I mean, you're the right size. Don't appreciate that dig. <laughs> Not appreciate that dig. So I'm trying to put myself in gritty shoes. At no point now I was doing dealing with younger children. 
At no point did I want to punch any of the kids. Now, 13, but 13-year-olds could be little shits. I'm not justifying what Gritty did. That's an age I was a little shit at 13. Oh, yeah. But the thought of Gritty getting a running start. <laughs> but it's, it's classic Philadelphia, right? Oh, yeah. Classic Philly. Philly gonna Philly. And you know what? To be honest, I would love to see a guy, like if he goes to jail in the mascot outfit. <laughs> Can you imagine them processing him? I do like that. <laughs> in his full attire. I love it. Probably beloved in the Pennsylvania penitentiary. I heard Gritty was so beloved nationally that he inspired the Kansas-Kansas State fight. That's amazing. Silvio D'Souza loves himself some Gritty. Yeah. He picked up a bar stool. Was it a bowl? What do you call that? Like a seat? Just a bar? Like it looks like a, you know, what do you call it? Yep. A chair. <laughs> oh, I forgot. God. I forgot the forgot words. We lost you. Yep. He picked up a chair, almost swung it. Did you watch the end of this fight? I did watch a lot of the fight. Um, you know what, what's funny about the fight to me is you know one of the times that you were and I were on. Remember how we talked about the uh, we we made a comparison to. Uh, the wide receiver, the white wide receiver in the Bills Super Bowls, who chased down Leon Lett. Don Beebe. Don Beebe. And the kid who stole a dunk early in the college season. They're getting blown out. Yeah. And he, and he, did, a, he did a dunk, and he was like, this is my, you know, he kind of he kind of like was pumping his chest up, and they were down yeah. 50. Because Kansas State tried to do that. Yeah. And Kansas came in and said, no, 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 you're not doing this here. Yeah. Started a brawl. And we agree with this. Like, don't do this. Don't do this chump move. But I took some flack for that. You did? Yeah, I saw some social media flack. Well, I, what were they saying? I don't, I don't know, but I think people didn't understand me. I'm not against hustle. But when you're losing by four touchdowns in the Super Bowl, <laughs> it's like, dude, give it up. There's, there's a difference between hustling and, again, not a good look for white people. Like, like that's when we're like, oh, not a good look for us. Fucking Don Beebe. <laughs> so, yeah, I mean, obviously some bad blood between Kansas State and Kansas. The game was obviously way out of hand. I heard they were fighting over which is a shittier city in Kansas. Lawrence or where, where's Kansas Manhattan. State? Manhattan. Manhattan, which is offensive to the borough of Manhattan. When yeah. in America are we going to stop naming shitty Midwestern towns after great towns? Name another example. Oh, you know, the amount of Parises. Okay. Or yeah. Ro- Paris, or, Texas, yeah. Or Rome. Yeah, I hear you. I believe there's a Rome, Kentucky. They're in, in Ohio, right by where I, where, by where I grew up. My parents' house. There was a part of Ohio, and I laughed at it, just driving by it. California, Ohio. I'm like, there's nothing California about this. Nothing. No, no flat labs there. Float labs. <laughs> flat labs. There might be some flat labs. Yeah, those are dead dogs that have been hit on the fucking street <laughs> by truckers. The Silvio D'Souza story is so interesting. He's suspended indefinitely. This is the player that is a part of this Adidas 
Scandal. Scandal. Yeah. So his career is one of the weirdest. Yeah. Nonsensical college careers. There will be a guaranteed 30 for 30 on Silvio D'Souza. Yeah. Is Gritty making an appearance? I just want a Gritty appearance. Just a cameo. He will probably be a talking head. He'll probably get the interview. <laughs> for sure. But um, it's a, it was a wild fight. It was a wild fight, especially for like prominent college basketball teams. You don't, usually don't yeah. see that. A top five team. Was this uh, at Fall Gallon? It was. It was in uh, Lawrence. Correct. Not, yes, that's correct. By the way, fun fact about me, done a few shows there. I, I recall hearing this. How were the shows there? I did, I think, three or four shows at fraternities. Uh, Phi Kappa Psi, I believe it was the Phi Psi guys, brought me back three years in a row. Extremely racist, by the way. Like I'm not going to lie. Extremely racist. And, uh, yeah, I did their show three years in a row. I don't know what that says about me. But I did do this once I learned they were racist. I didn't learn that till the second year. I purposely booked a black comic as an opener because I knew they were racist. And I told him that, and he was amazing. Like, I let him know going in, so he opened up his act. They would do a brotherhood event, and then they'd follow it up with a party. You know, the girls would come after the comedy show. The brotherhood event, picture two to 250 kids in their cafeteria, just out of their minds. I told him that. Wait, there's 200 kids in one fraternity? It was, it was the biggest fraternity. At the time, it was the biggest fraternity on campus. Wow. It's a big frat. How but, do you know your pledge class? That's crazy. But, they, but that would include the pledge class. But still, okay. a lot of kids. That's a lot of dudes. So the comic, I booked a local Kansas City comic to work with me, and he walked up there. He was, he was really funny. I forget his name. And he looks at him. All white kids. 200 white kids. Like, I don't even think they had anybody non-white. And he's like, Man, feels like I'm at a slave auction or something. And, like, I was laughing, but you could see the tension in the room. And I was like, yeah, fuck you guys. And then they paid me after the show, and I took off. <laughs> Although I gave them two other tries before that. Um, so that was my experience in Lawrence. What is it like doing a show for all dudes? Is that, is that unique? I did it a fair amount. They would When I used to do those fractures. You prefer that. No, no, no. I, 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 oh, I see what you're doing there. I, uh, I can handle it though, but it can be rough. It seems, it seems odd to have like so much of. One you know, year, what, I, one year I did that frat, and the guy says, the guy who opened for me played the guitar. It was like a musical guy. He was funny. The kid who booked it, their social chair comes over to me like 10 minutes into his set. He goes, We don't want to hear comedy. He goes, What this guy's doing, nobody wants to hear that shit. He goes, uh, I don't want to hear any jokes. Nobody wants to hear jokes. And I go, what? He goes, you roast us. He goes, you said you do 45 to 60? Just go up there and roast us. And at that point, I, I did get nervous. Like, damn, you want me to just roast you guys? And uh, I maybe did five minutes of jokes. But it's also easy to roast dumb, drunk frat kids. Yeah. Right, you look at the old kid like, "What are you an eight-year student?" Oh shit, you make a funny. You know, you look at like the the fat kid, you make a fat joke. You look at the drunk. Kid, it's like it's not that difficult, and you're also like looking at your phone like, "Once this time's over, pay me." The, yeah. Like get that, the car running, please. The thing about comedians that people always forget is like, comedians have 
tell stories, dude. Like those type of gigs. For sure. Like you're not a you're not a musician walking into like that sort of it just it just wouldn't happen. So you could do it, Tug. I have faith in you. <laughs> okay, thanks. You're 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 a calm and composed guy. The idea of like doing a comedy set now for 200 dudes is that sounds ridiculous. Yeah. Speaking of ridiculous, great segue. Uh, no, this is just to, to circle back to how great Ben Stiller is. Directed the Cable Guy. Isn't the Cable Guy? People forget about that. You, Tug has been ignoring me for the last twenty minutes. He's just been on his phone. I have looking this, at Ben Stiller's this, IMDb. This is very true. There was one, Starsky and Hutch. Yeah, very fun. Anyway, he's done a lot. Great cameo in Anchorman. Also, during the bloodbath scene where yeah. everyone's fighting, it's so good. Also ripped. Oh yeah. Yeah, this he, he's like he's like there's there's certain guys in in the entertainment business that are like the sneaky ripped. Yeah. Stiller, I've heard he's like very, very into his regiment. Um, I'm, I have Nick D'Alessandro on that now. He had Brussels sprouts and <laughs> kale today. <laughs> so it's the first vegetable he's had in uh, his entire life because he comes from Michigan. Yep. All right, let's 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 wrap this bad boy up with this Kobe Bryant story. Kobe today is on record saying that he thinks some WNBA players could play currently right now in the NBA. He says, I think there are a couple of players who could play in the NBA. He told CNN, Diana Tarasi, is that, is that pronounced correctly? It's actually Diana. Diana. Tarasi. Wow. Pretty, I pretty simple. <laughs> you just did a key and peel scene. Diana. <laughs> Diana. <laughs> Maya Moore. Did I get that one right? You did. Elena Deladonna. Deladon. Deladon. He says uh, there's lots of great players out there, so they could certainly keep up. Um, All UConn players, by, by the way. I have a take on this. This is my take. Kobe was involved in a rape scandal. So he's like trying so hard to be the friend of the female. It's it's like the male feminist kind of move where, hey guys, women can play sports too. They can play with the men in the WNBA. They can play with the men in the NBA. They're just as good. Look how much I love women. I have only daughters. I didn't rape somebody 20 years ago. Like, that's, that's, I'm honest. I honestly think that's his move of like, look how much I care about women's sports. There is no way in Kobe Bryant's right frame of mind that he thinks three WNBA players could play in the NBA. And by the way, it's nothing against these women. Women have a lot of great skills, can shoot lights out. Like, if you watch women's basketball, the thought of these women playing on any team against anyone is troller moron. It's basically our troller moron game. It's laughable to think that these because they would. End of discussion. 
in my opinion. They would. Listen, you, we had a, we had a little teaser argument off air about this, and I, I'm going. I, my, first of all, my stance on Kobe um, is that he has daughters. He has all daughters, so I think he's doing this as a way to sort of empower, <coughs> excuse me empower his daughters to say, you know what, you can do anything, and I think you could play in the NBA, and I think the girls, these these women in front of you, could also do that. Now, Maya Moore, as you, you note in the rundown, uh, is taking her second year off in a row from playing in the WNBA because she's, she's championing some civil rights causes, which is very exciting. And, and here's my Maya, Maya Moore story. <clears throat> when I was doing the Broadway show Magic Bird, um, the, a bunch of Olympians you, came You to- dunked on Maya Moore and you were like, hey, even a guy who's playing Larry Bird is better than you. Is that true? No, it's not true. Okay. Um, I uh, So a bunch of Olympians were in the attendance, including Greg Luganis, including Maya Moore. And I had, I had to dribble my, uh, a ball between my legs on stage. And um, I had an MRI earlier that day on my knee because I had torn my meniscus. And I tried in, during the show, full, full, full attendance, full audience, including the Olympians, including Maya Moore, I dribble the ball between my legs, and I don't get it, and the ball goes into the audience. I'm playing one of the greatest players of all time, and the ball goes down the stage (laughs) into the first row, and I have to walk out to the stage and say, can I have the ball back? Can you just give me the ball back, please? Later on, go on to meet, you know, of course, Maya Moore, who's a great basketball player in her own right, and I think, you know, I wasn't, you know, a bad player. Yeah, but on that particular night, I, I had a miscue. So that's my Maya Moore story. Ella, is- El- Elena Deladon is, you know, the, they the, her team, uh, the Mystics are the uh, WNBA champions. She started at UConn, transferred to Delaware. Well done, Nick. Um, <laughs> off camera, my, off, yeah, air. off air, off mic. My my feeling is this. I don't think Matthew Delavadova can guard any of these girls. You're, you're trolling. 100% not trolling. You're trolling. 100% troll. Dude, he would dominate. I put up their height, and I also put up what they Ch- Rossi, the, the money thing means zero to me. N- no, it doesn't. You know why it means something to me? Why? Because if they were good enough, they wouldn't be making 115. These are the, these are the highest paid women in their respective league. Rossi makes 117 grand. Deladon makes 115 grand. Do you think you're one of the be- best podcasters in the world in sports? Fine best. You don't get paid like the Barstool guys do. Okay, fair You don't enough. get paid like the Ringer guys do. Fair enough. Okay. The, you're paid what the market pays you. The, 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 the money thing is not an issue. This is about talent. Now, do I no? Do I honestly think uh, they could make, maybe sustainable play? Like, what I don't know. Does Kobe define you know, how long they have to play in the game? Do I think they could run in the game? Yeah, I do. No, I don't. I just don't. Because it would have happened. It what did happen? It happened in the eighties. Nancy Lieberman Klein. 
played, like like she didn't play in an actual NBA game, but she was running in preseason games, practices. So you mean to tell me, Todd Coker, in 2020, the wokest of times in the world that we've ever seen, in a league that props itself in a league on being woke. Except for China. The NBA wouldn't openly accept these women to at least give them a chance. The reason no woman has been given the chance is because the GMs and the players and the coaches, they all know they just couldn't compete. There's just no way. I just I just refuse. I th- this this isn't. We're not we're not having this discussion about a woman being in the military and and, and things like that. Where I think it it can be blurred. We're talking about professional basketball, man. I just I just don't see it. You know you know who actually should answer this question. And I could be wrong. I just don't see it. You know, you know. I mean, this is an interesting question. That I've, Becky Hammond, who could be a head coach for the NBA. Okay. I'd like to see her answer this question legitimately. Because, you know, because she she works with men on an everyday basis. Yeah. And has played in the NBA. I'd like to see her answer that question. So, you know, we're, we're, we're just having fun, having a you know, good, healthy discussion. Welcome, you know. Greasing the wheels for you. I'm for it. Look, I'm all for it. I just, in my opinion, I don't want this to get lost into a male versus female. But also, we are different genetically. For some reason, certain people want to only accept certain facts, which blows my mind. We are different. Our chemical makeup is different. That is a factually proven statement. And I'll just say this. Bring me the best women's basketball player in L.A. I'll take you one-on-one. Let's no, do it! I'm kidding on that. No, we got a video. We got, we got a videographer here for this. These women would obviously destroy me or destroy most of us in a game of basketball. But, again, even a Matthew Delavadova, who we've deemed, courtesy of, I forget which dirtball, Matthew Delavadileaguer, <laughs> which is a great nickname, by the way. He's going to town on these girls. He's, he's absolutely going to town on him. I don't know. Kobe, you're just mad. You're trying. Here's my thing with Kobe. You're not, you're not tricking me, Kobe. You're not tricking me. Not tricking old Andy Ruther over here. It's one of two things. You're trying extra hard to be woke because of that thing that happened in Eagle, Colorado. I didn't forget. And also, LeBron's about to overtake you as the third all-time leading scorer in NBA history. Trying to veer the conversation a different way. Not buying it, Kobe. And by the way, be on alert, Kobe, because that Andy Ruther, facts only, dropping soon with my man here, Nick D'Alessandro. You pumped about that, Nick? I'm really, yeah. I'm, I'm just excited to get to work with you again. You know, we had a little, you know, we, we had a cup of coffee in Texas working, but it's going to be some late nights here in the Smut Studio, just thusting away some content. Whoa, whoa. Got more whispery and sort of got really sexual. <laughs> <Yeah. there. laughs> you, know, you know what Nick said to me last night? I, 
you know, I'm obviously, I'm exhausted and I haven't got much sleep the last few weeks. And, uh, you know, I, I'm flying in from three hours ahead and I was, I was beat, but I, I kind of took Nick under my wing, showed him the Andy Ruther way last night, my first night in town, we did Costco and Trader Joe's. The Andy Ruther one-two combo. That's incredible. No one's ever done that. Yeah, it's it's basically uh, it's kind of like a Maya Moore crossover. <laughs> like that's the Andy Ruther crossover. We're gonna hit up Costco and then we're gonna go to Trader Joe's. But we got back and I was exhausted. And, and, and Nick Nick actually bless his heart. He said, "I think this this he knows how much I love Curb Your Enthusiasm." And he he said, "You have to watch season three. And I've seen it, but I had forgotten. He said, "You should watch season three. Uh, I forget which episode it was. Episode six. Episode six, where Larry David uses his mom's death as an excuse to get away with things. Because obviously, humor is always the best antidote for any sort of uh, depression. And we watched it, and I was so tired. And Nick put out the olive branch. He's like, you want to hit the hot tub? It was like, <laughs> it was like 11 o'clock, and I said, no. No, man. It's all you. Spread those little wings, and... Uh, Nick went. Nick went hot tubbing in the Smut Studio at about. Uh, Would you go about eleven o'clock, eleven thirty? It was like eleven, eleven thirty to midnight, something like that. Yeah. Was there anyone else in there? No, all by oh, myself. Yeah. Very therapeutic. Well, me time. Uh, yeah. Ben Stiller also cameo in Curb Your Enthusiasm, season four, one and two. Wow, you, encyclopedic knowledge of Curb. Yeah. It's a. Uh, it's, it's a great show. Yeah. It is. Tommy Dewey. Uh, uh, spoiler, on Curb this season. Whoa. Dewey's on, nug. Yeah. Dewey's on curb? Yep. I don't know which episode, so just keep your eyes peeled. Ooh. And then watch us on Now We're Talking, whenever that comes out. Oh, you had me. I <laughs> know. You really did have you. I, you know, more conversation with lawyers, guys. This, I, want this to be, I said this last week. I want this to be the biggest show that no one ever watches. We can do it. The Dirtballs will watch. I know. I appreciate it. Tug, it has been a pleasure knowing you as a friend, having you fill in for Joe, having you fill in for me. Uh, thank you from the bottom of my heart. It means a lot, buddy. Well, I love you. Love you too, bud. Happy to have you back. And um, excited to hear what you have and Joe have cooking up the rest of this year. I know there's some good stuff. Yeah. Now, I'm, I'm going to go stop by the hospital tomorrow, check in on my guy. The good news is... Uh, I, t- I spoke at length with his manager today on the phone. He doesn't have to be in one of those steady braces that where you can't move your leg. Does that make? I, I'm probably yeah. not saying it correctly. No, I didn't mean. But he doesn't need that, which is good. That's good. So she thinks he'll be back on the show next week, which oh, will be great. good for that big announcement. Oh man! Oh yeah! I can't wait, guys! Thank you so much for all the support, all the love. Seriously, I cannot thank you guys enough, and. Uh, I want to repay you with some koozies. So leave an iTunes review. (laughs) (laughs) Drop that iTunes review. Leave your Twitter, Instagram handle, and I will send you some koozies. Follow us on Twitter and Instagram at The Dirty Sports. You can follow my guy, Tug Coker, over here at... Twitter and Instagram at Tug Coker. Again, thank you to all the dirt balls for, for, you know, being cool as I fill in for Joe and Andy and Spots. Love chat with you all. If you guys are into wine or anyone you know is into wine, check out the podcast I run with my wife called The Long Finish. And Andy and I, once the dust settles, we'll get this little tug-nug podcast up and running. In the words of Bart Scott, 
Can't wait. Two interns. Nick Dale is the name. Gaming's the game. Had me on Xbox Live. Half of a chub. <laughs> Amazing. Uh, follow me on Twitter at DS Interns and follow me on Instagram at Aaron Maharis. And real quick before my mic gets cut off, I just want to give a shout out to all the uh, dirt balls that were giving me some love on Twitter for my Titans take. I uh, appreciated it. It was pretty cool to see everybody saying, hey, you know what? You might have been right on this one. And uh, so, yeah, thank you. I appreciate it. Hey, Much love. And the follow up on that, Aaron, I gave you a lot of shit. And uh, you proved me wrong in a lot of ways. Not fully. If they made the Super Bowl, I would give you 100%. But, but you proved me wrong in a lot of ways. So uh, congrats to you for being right, buddy. Thank you. That, that means a lot. Remember the Titans. Remember Moharis. <laughs> Never forget. Yo, Andy, I want to give a one shout-out. I'm wearing the uh, my South Dakota State Jackrabbit shirt in honor for a lot of and Stanga and the other dirt balls out there from that region. So shout out to the to the home team. Love it. The sixteenth college Tug is rooting for. <laughs> <laughs> Can't wait to see them in the NCAA tournament. I'll be all in, baby. All right, guys, that's the show. Much love to everybody. Thank you again. Have a great week. Get healthy, Joe Prano. We love you too, buddy. And most importantly, stay dirty. <laughs>